is a blow Shoots up through the stony ground Well, good evening. It's a Wednesday night, and that means it's podcast night. In this town, you're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere Yes, it's time for... I can't believe it. Football, bloody hell. Well, you heard the man. It's time for football. Bloody hell. Gang are all here. We're here to discuss all the latest football topics. everybody welcome to football bloody hell and tonight we have got two ex no three i tell a lie three ex-professional footballers joining us plus hilda which is a bit of a letdown i know but uh, we do our best so i would like to first of all introduce our guests and a uh, bit of a regular now steve rutter evening steve evening mate how you doing i'm okay it's the others um and then we've got Andrew Williams from Cheltenham. Well done to uh, winning the league, Andy. Good to have you on. Thank you. Good to be on, although you just retired me. <laughs> what do you mean I just retired you? Ex-professional footballers. Well, yeah, ex, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> slip of the tongue, slip of the tongue. <laughs> and then we've got a legend. Well, I suppose Andy's a legend, but but Paddy's definitely a legend. Paddy <laughs> Madden, ex Yeovil Town, now of Stockport County. Hello, Paddy. How are you, mate? How's it going? Hey, Charlie. I'm getting on well, mate. Yeah, and it's really great to have you on board the show. So thank you very much for joining us. Good man. So <clears throat> let's get started then, shall we? Yeah, I'm here as well, but I think you did do that. I did. You, I said, yeah, I did say you were here. And it's done. Uh, Paddy, this is Hilda up in the top corner. Say hello to Sir Hilda. To who? Hilda. Hilda Ogden. Yeah, don't ask, Paddy. Don't ask. Oh, if Aidy's if, if around, Dave Pryor is Hilda. No, I suppose. <clears throat> I don't know what who you lot support, but uh, Hilda is is a very very staunch Scouse supporter. Oh, and, and, and I'm afraid I, I, I suppose if I don't start with this, we're never going to hear the bloody end of it. So <laughs> the first topic for conversation is Becker's goal. You better start, Hilda. He's your hero. Well. Very much so. Well, it'd um, be interesting to take Andy's take on this then. Um, but um, I don't know about you, mate, but I was getting extremely frustrated watching the football yesterday. And um, when you when you see the goalkeeper come up, I mean, nine times out of ten, I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen, does it? But um, 
it wasn't the fact that the goalkeeper scored aid. It was the fact that it was a... I mean, Paddy, Andy, you'd have both been really happy with that finish, wouldn't you? I mean, it was a beautiful header into the corner. Yeah, that and, one um, went off my head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just... When it goes to the race to the top four and you've actually got something to fight for, when stuff like that happens, you just wonder if it's going to be, you know, go Liverpool's way when it goes to getting into the top four, especially when uh, obviously Chelsea and Leicester play each other. But certainly um, it looks like from um, from Liverpool's perspective, as long as they see off Burnley and Crystal Palace, it's, it's job done, I think, uh, because neither Chelsea or Leicester can get 69 points on the basis that they play each other. So obviously Liverpool do their bit now. Uh, then yeah, it's there, in their hands, isn't it? Um, it's it's certainly know... before you get going full yeah, stupid sure, head, Steve. I didn't kind of introduce you to Paddy. Paddy, Steve Rutter, Steve Rutter, Paddy. How's it going, Steve? I'm very good, thanks, mate. My last time I came across you was when you was at Fleetwood and I was at Luton. I was assistant oh, manager at Luton, yeah, 2018 19. So we have been in close proximity, but I've never actually been introduced. Yeah, <laughs> nice to meet you, Paul. <laughs> right, so carry on, Hilda. No, I was just going to say on the top four race, does anybody know if there's a situation where Chelsea finish fifth but win the Champions League, so fourth doesn't get Champions League? Is that on the table, do we know? Because no one seems to have said too much about that. But as a Liverpool fan, I'm sort of concerned that that could be also a possibility. Oh, I think that's lovely. Lovely bit of news, that is. We'll have a bit of that. <laughs> England get a fifth spot last time. That I want to. I want to say that's not going to happen because I feel like that that scenario is something that could be quite likely. Uh, I mean, Chelsea obviously still need to go and beat Manchester City, but I haven't heard anyone talk about it. So I'm hoping on that front that it means that that can't happen. That you guys that got any not... ideas? I think they got a, a fifth spot before. I'm sure when when it happened a good few years ago. Mm. But, I'm not really up to date with stuff like that, to be honest. Yeah, to be fair, I haven't heard anything. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case then. Yeah. But um, yeah, goalkeeper scoring, lads. Have you have you been in, involved in games where that's happened, or the goalkeeper's gone up and it's just gone nowhere near them? <laughs> yeah, Yeovil. Were you there that day? I was. Mark. I was on. He scored against Hereford, didn't he? Uh, oh, yeah. was the Hereford match. Yeah. Yeah, I was marking him. <laughs> what playing for Hereford? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. Well, you did a good job on that one then. <laughs> what about you, Paddy? Have you ever come across that? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. No, can't say I have, no, no. But that head, the header yesterday was a brilliant header. Any strike, I'd be happy with that. But I'll tell you what, give a bit of credit to who took the corner. Was it Robertson? Uh, it's Trent. Trent. Trent right? Well, what a corner, because that was, you know, I mean, he couldn't have done it any better. I know it was a good header from the, the goalkeeper, but nonetheless, it was. It was kind of perfection in both elements, wasn't it? Mm. It's glad. I'm pleased to hear you say that, Aid. No, well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm saying it through forked tongue, I can assure you, because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. In fact, the language going around my household at that particular moment in time was rather strong. But um, there you go. Was you know. it what the do you same think it... language? That was, was it the same language that was going around your household on Thursday evening as well? Yeah, it was. I thought you'd bring that up, you <laughs> child brought out of wedlock, you. Um, <laughs> Steve, what did you make of it? You summed it up, haven't you? I mean, it's, it's Jimmy Glass, was he, in the last... Similar sort of scenario when he scored for Carlisle, was it? Kept him in the Football League with a header. I mean, you see it very rarely, don't you? Normally, 
Um, it's a goalkeeper punts it and it carries on the wind, bounces over the keeper at the other end. But I mean, it, you just couldn't have written the script, and and it's changed the whole dynamic for the top four now. Because like you say, if Liverpool win both their games, that they, they go into the top four. So that's how that's how significant it was. Well, Paul Robinson apparently did it. He's done it twice: once bouncing over the keeper, and once from a header where he he headed it in. Um, from I think he was on the near post, but. Uh, so he's done it, and Peter Schmeichel did it for Aston Villa. I think I'm right in saying. Uh, yeah. I think he did it once for United as well, actually, but um, against the Russian team, if memory serves me. Yeah, he me. did. Yeah, he scored in Europe. Yeah, that's what I thought, Paddy. That's what I thought. I think I think I'm right in thinking that this was the first time a goalkeeper had scored a winner because normally the goalkeeper goes up when they're trying to get you know at least a draw because they're losing the game but because of Liverpool's situation of needing a win that obviously changed the dynamic and I don't think it was even I think um, they interviewed him didn't he after the game and he said that it wasn't it wasn't even Klopp that took him forward it was the goalkeeping coach that said yeah get on then and, um, <laughs> so uh, so he took that as the okay and obviously the rest is history so it's the goalkeeping coach I need to put the contract out on then, is it? <laughs> right, now we know then. But uh, No, but I mean, it, it, as Steve said, it does completely change the whole dynamics of what's going on now, doesn't it? I mean, I think I really can't see United losing to Fulham, so I think we've got second place more or less in the bag, although uh, one's always slightly dubious, but you don't, you never know. But I would have thought we could beat Fulham. So And then we've got Wolves, so... You'd think that we could beat Wolves as well if we didn't beat Fulham. So I, I think we'll. So how do you, how do you see it going now, Aidy? Then the top well, four race. <coughs> excuse me. I I really think, uh, but obviously this is my bias coming into it. I I think Chelsea are going to hang on. Um, I think I think Chelsea will be well pumped up tomorrow night to beat Leicester, having lost the cup final. Is uh, it at Chelsea or Leicester? Do you know? I'm not sure. Do you know, Andy? Chelsea, no, I'm not Chelsea. sure. At Chelsea, is it? At Chelsea, is it? Oh well, there you go then. So I think I think uh, I think they will win, and and, and I, I just can't see Chelsea blowing it out now, not at this this stage somehow. But I, who knows? You know, what do you guys think, Andy? What do you think? Um, I don't know. Obviously, Chelsea still got another game outside of the Premier League to play as well, so they've got to think about their team for that. So, and obviously, Leicester have probably celebrated a little bit over the weekend so it'll be a tricky one to call I think actually out of anyone Liverpool is it like you say is Liverpool probably in the best position in that respect other than the fact they haven't got the points on board so as a biased Liverpool fan I'd like to think they're going to be one of them and it's going to be up to the other two whoever wins on Tuesday if it's a draw Andy does that favour Leicester or Chelsea it favours Leicester doesn't it yeah they're, they're points ahead of yeah yeah can Leicester still get caught can Leicester still get what could they still like drop out of the top four? Yeah. 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 So. It'd be interesting to see what they're up to after the party. Yeah. <laughs> it will be, but I bet they had a bit of a party. Like, you know, I mean, they, they were started on the pitch, weren't they? So you could tell it was going to be a good night, I should think. So I think that leads us nicely into into that then, because obviously it was a, you know, it was a. It was a decent goal, wasn't it, Paddy A at Wembley? That end. It was, you know, it was. You know, it might not have been right up there. What did you think? <laughs> well, it was all right. It was, um, <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of people, obviously, my family said they were screaming at the TV, saying, hit with, with me left, and never used me left. So that was just one of them moments of us written in the stars, I think. But that never scored outside the box, I think. 
my whole career, I probably scored three goals outside the box, and thankfully that was one of them. Yeah, what a get, what a day that was, though, mate. Wasn't it, eh? God, dear, yeah. oh dear. Still, still the best, still the best day in my career. Was it? Yeah, yeah. still, it'd be hard to beat that. Yeah, better than sex. Depends. Depends who's with. <laughs> I'm not volunteering. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, dear, oh dear. Um, <clears throat> what about you, Andy? I mean, you know, you had some celebrations to, to celebrate. I mean, well, you know, was it a long time coming? At yeah, it wouldn't be the same as that. Obviously, Paddy's moment was in front of fans, so it would have been a totally different, I'd imagine, better experience. It's been weird the last sort of year or two not having anyone in the stadium so yeah it's been great it's just uh even the celebrations afterwards you're sort of in a bar on the ground because nowhere else is open so mm. it's been a little bit muted in that respect as the career goes it's, it's right up there and and <clears throat> what what next for you are you still at Cheltenham have you got another, another year in your contract or what yeah, I've got another year. I don't know, again, going up, how much I'll be used next season. I sort of flitted in and out towards the end of this season. So, sort of wait and see on that front. But, yeah, I've got another another year on the contract here. So, hopefully, uh get a bit of a taste of League One again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're used to it. You've been there before. Yeah, yeah. I seem to have a better record in League One than I do in League Two, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And what, <clears> about, what about the King of Stockport? Just enjoying it. Uh, hopefully... I think we're, we're guaranteed playoffs now, so um, we have two games left, obviously, uh, Walken on Saturday. and then So you can take it easy, Paddy, last day of the season, yeah? Well, it depends, <laughs> depends on Saturday. Um, obviously, Hartlepool are at level on points with us for tour, so obviously if you finish second in the tour, you go straight into the semi-final and you get a home leg. So, um, yeah, as I said, Hartlepool have something on Saturday, so that'll be a tough one for them, so... If we can just bet our Hartley Pills results, we'll obviously finish in the top three, which means, as I said, um, semi-final, straight into the semi-finals at home. So, did you, did you have a kiss and a cuddle with Gary Johnson? I had a little chat with Gary, yeah, to be fair, on Saturday, yeah. Had a yeah. Chat. Uh, as I said, I don't hold no grudges, so just get on with things, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got the impression, though, that he was a little bit disappointed with just a draw on Saturday. Yeah, it was actually a good game. I don't know if you watched it. It was on BT. It was, I actually quite enjoyed watching it, to be fair. End-to-end stuff. Both teams needing three points. So, uh, it, was, it was quite an exciting game. But, uh, I, think it, I think it draws a fair result. We had a few chances there. Their, their striker went clean through and decided to square it for some reason. It must be low in confidence and uh, messed up the pass, which helped us. And, uh, yeah, good character from the boys to come back from two one down against a strong talk East team. So, I think as I said, uh, a point is is fair. So, we have fans in for the playoffs now. Yeah, I think um, obviously Walken on Saturday we have they're allowed two and a half thousand in. So, I think mm. if I'm not mistaken, I think Stockport have like three thousand six season ticket holder. So, uh, I'm not too sure what way they're going to walk that. But mm. hopefully, hopefully by the playoffs they can up it a bit more. Yeah, I think the final. Hopefully, if we get there, fingers crossed. Uh, I think it's at Bristol City's Ashton Gate, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm. no, fingers crossed. As I said, we just hopefully tie down that second and third spot, and then it's uh, a game less. Well, <clears throat> let's. I, I suppose let's get Liverpool out of the way. So we better mention Thursday night just to keep you sweet. Um, <laughs> what did you make of it? Um. So, I guess from my my perspective is, um, I you kind of kind of all emotions really because the foot obviously you took the lead 
And then that, in a strange way, I don't know what you felt, but it felt like that kind of stopped you playing then. You almost, you got the one goal lead and then Liverpool really came into it then and obviously got the goal right on the, um, the, the two goals either side of half time were obviously the killer, weren't they? But then as soon as you changed it and Greenwood came on, I was then worried for a good 20 minutes that actually Liverpool were then going to lose this. And I think I think Phillips blocked one off the line, did he? Which would have made yeah, it 3-3. Yeah. And then after that, there was just another lull in the game. And then obviously Liverpool broke away and and got the fourth. But um, yeah, I mean, I said to you, Abe, like since I've been supporting Liverpool, I think I can only really remember sort of three or four wins at Old Trafford. So, um, you know, I was always going to enjoy that one. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what I don't understand, though, is that it seems to be accepted that when Rashford plays on the left and they bring Greenwood on, that is the best formation that they've got. And certainly for that period of the time, the game that, you know, it was definitely going United's way. So why doesn't he start with that? Why does he have to wait until he's 2-1 down to start having to change it around? I mean, you're an ex-manager. Come on, tell me why. Well, I suppose it just depends what he thinks is the best use of his personnel, given the numbers of games they've got to play in, in such a short period of time, and how he thinks they can affect the game. You know, it may what may seem blindingly obvious to other people, that's because they're not party to all the information that he's got, you know. So, yeah, they might come on, and like Greenwood's come on, and, and he's done well in flashes, but, you know, will he do it consistently? So, it's... It's not always as easy as what we, you know, as what people see on the television screen. There's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes, and and he's got to manage them through to, you know, through to the end of the season. And as Andy alluded to with with Chelsea, there, don't forget Man United have got another game as well, haven't they? Mm. Oh, which, yeah. which is which is more, you know, with all due respect, they'll finish second if they can't get, you know, two points out of Fulham at home and Wolves away, which is all they need to guarantee second. So they'll finish second, so they can afford to, to lose games at home against Leicester or games at home against Liverpool, because their necessity was, you know, to win it was much 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 greater. Mm. So he'll be managing his squad and, and trying to utilise them in the way that he sees best. But I agree with you, Rashford certainly looks better from the left hand side. Mm. What do you think, Paddy? You you've got a, a United allegiance, haven't you? Yeah, I I, I like Cavani, mate. Yeah, I play, play him off. Andy will obviously know as a striker. I get a bit frustrated when I see the team selection. I know he's a bit older now, but I just think when a striker's in confident, confident mood, you just need to keep playing him. I know he's, as I said, he's a bit older, but that does frustrate me sometimes. Obviously, Solskjaer, the way he picks his team sometimes, because, mm. as you said, uh, Cavani, for me, is the best striker at the club, just for his overall play. He's more great off the balls. Yeah. Different rugby. And then this movement in the box is oh, second to none. You can watch him all day. So, yeah, he's brilliant at that, to be fair. We, we, we've watched quite a few things on him this season. His movement in the box is brilliant, yeah. isn't it? He's so good to watch. Would you... He's would a, prop, you he's as... a proper centre-forward, though, isn't he? You know, he is a proper centre-forward. Yeah. Not one of these fluid forwards who, well, he can play on the left, he can play deep, he can play... No, he's a centre-forward. Yeah. Sticking him out on the left wing or asking him to go and play number 10. You know, yeah. sticking him out between the penalty box and he, his movement and that, and he'll score your goals. Yeah. Because he's quality. So, if you guys were, were uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer now and the transfer window's coming up and you've got some money, um, would you buy a, a Harry Kane or a Haaland or would you concentrate on replacing your, your two midfielders, McTominay and um, Fred? Who, I mean, Fred Fred sometimes plays not bad, but other times he's horrendous. I mean, who would you go for? 
I say in Roy Kane, Roy Kane on Roy uh, Sport last week saying <laughs> he wants to go like for Harry Kane and the centre mid. I think to, where they need to strengthen the centre back. I think yeah. they need another. I think they haven't replaced like a Vidic. I think they need a, a certain kind of player like that. That because I think yeah, look at the strikers they have. They're going to score your goals. Midfield, there's a spoil for choice as well. Yeah, Fred. I, he obviously plays with, with two sitters sometimes. Obviously, I think that for me is he's worried about a centre half. Sometimes he plays with Tomley and Fred, which that for me screams out he's not confident in the centre half. So, I think I think personally, if I if I was the manager, I'd I'd, I'd look to strengthen the defence because I think the attacking options is probably the best in the league. If I'm not being, if I'm not mistaken, Andy. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I d- definitely don't think they need another striker. They've got enough options there. Cause only even Greenwood and Rashford, they both play out wide when they could both play down the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I heard Roy Keane's comments about centre midfield. and I mean, they spent a lot of money on, like, was it um, Bailey, Lindelof, Maguire at the back? You think, how much money can you spend on, on your defence until you get it right, really? But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I certainly think uh, another midfielder for me. I think that's probably what you need, but I don't know who you'd go and get at the moment. Because the, the two full-backs, really, Wan-Bissaka and um, Luke Shaw on the other side, I think have, have had great seasons. I don't know what you yeah, think. Very good. Yeah, Wan-Bissaka is improving, I think. Um, I think you know, there's been no doubt about what he can do defensively, but then with how... You know, football is these days. You need your fullbacks to be more than just defenders. I know they're sort of defenders by trade, but they're not really anymore, are they? They're just, you know, they're they're more wingers than they are sort of uh, defenders. But I think Wan-Bissaka has now sort of just slowly started to offer something going the other way as well. And uh, if we can get that as good as his defensive work, then it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, starting to knock down Gareth Southgate's door. Mm. I think Shaw, Shaw's been brilliant. Yeah. The amount of stick he got over the last couple of years has been was crazy. Like he's overweight, this and that. He's he's not worth his money. He's obviously come back from a bad leg break, so yeah. I think his mental his mental strength to come back and produce a season like that is obviously very strong. So very playful. Well, it makes you wonder why Jose had such a big problem with him, really. Yeah. he certainly did. But I mean, it, it seems it's sort of coming out in the wash, though, isn't it? That Jose's always got a problem with somebody. So I don't know. I, I don't know who we yeah. You know, Delhi Alley at Spurs, for example. Um, yeah. You know, what did you think of the cup final, lads? Yeah, it was a good game. I thought it started with anyway. I'd love to see more goals in a game, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it was alright. I think it was obviously there was a lot riding on, especially for Leicester never winning it before. I, I was pleased that they won it. I just felt like it was rubbish at the end. The old VAR again. Such yeah. a. A rubbish thing in football, isn't it? Really, to have yeah, the 80, eighty-nine minute equaliser at Wembley, and it's drilled yeah. off by a little by your shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. Just taking the take the fun away from football that far it needs to be bent off. It's yeah, I guess, you, just... I guess it's good for you boys that you don't have to worry about it at the oh, moment. Brilliant, at least. <laughs> Even for fans, like I'm sure fans like fans hate it, like they're jumping up out of seat and then they don't know whether it's mm. they're celebrating for no reason. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a stupid thing to bring into the game. No, I quite Especially agree. being so picky with the offside. It's just yeah. it's ridiculous now, isn't it? There's got to be a process where it can be a little bit more leeway with it. It can't just be like people drawing a line and taking forever to work out whether he's an, an, a toenail off or not. 
Mind you, as a United supporter, I've got to say that basically we've been pretty lucky with VAR, to be honest. Uh, thinking, you know, goals that have been disallowed because of it and goals that we've scored that maybe people might, might have chalked off. So I suppose I shouldn't complain too much about VAR, but, you know. But uh, I'm sure I read somewhere in the press that either Klopp or Guardiola said he thought that um, what's-his-name's goal was lucky. How could you say that was lucky? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, wasn't it, it, when it when it had been two cool that said that? Huh? Wouldn't it have been too cool that said that? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, maybe, oh, really? it, well, maybe it was. It was one of the top three any managers said it was okay. a lucky goal. I, I, come on, that wasn't a lucky goal. Like that. that was a brilliant goal. I mean, that was almost as good as yours, Paddy, at Wembley. Really? That's why I tweeted the other day saying it's the second best goal ever at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, mate. Same end as well, wouldn't it? Same end, same corner, yeah. So, nah, there's nothing lucky about that goal. No. Nah. strike. Brilliant. Didn't you think so, Steve? Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it depends what your class has looked because he's probably at 15 from there in the season and probably three have gone on target and one's gone in. But he's hit it well, hasn't he? It's not, it's not like he's, he's come off his arse or something. He's, he's smashed it and it's gone in the top corner. So, you just put your hands up and you know, accept it, don't you? It's a joy to see, yeah. really. If that, if that offside hadn't been given, that would have been a lucky goal. Because didn't the defender just smash it against Chilwell and then it went in? That would have been the definition of a lucky yeah, man, goal. Yeah, man, Morgan scored an OG, didn't he? Yeah. He sent the half, did I sent the half hit off Morgan and went in. So. So that is to, have that, to have that disallowed you know, so marginal. We talk, I mean, the, the lads are new to our conversations on VAR, aren't they? But it's been driving us crazy for like the last year. Yeah, I'm sure they can fill it in. But, you know, <laughs> we keep saying that we use it for clear and obvious errors where the referee's dropped an absolute ricket and nobody's noticed. Yeah. So, you know, not for marginal offsides in, in cut yeah. by a minute from the end because it just destroys the whole spectacle. Especially with the build-up to that goal, the pass was magnificent and then you know, Chilwell, whatever you call him, he's, that run was unbelievable, the way he's bent, came in. So yeah. I think stuff like that can't be calling off from the shoulder or whatever it was off. It's ridiculous. Well, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe they should just, just say, well, we'll keep Bar for, for you know dubious penalties and stuff like that. But in terms of offsides by a toenail, uh, we're going to switch that off, that aspect exactly. of it off. You know? Exactly. They've got a rule on it in Holland, I think. There's a there's a bigger percentage of your body that has to be for it to be off. I don't know how the rule works because it still probably does make a bit of a farce of it. But yeah. it sounds like it's a little bit more clear and obvious. Like no one even appealed for an offside on that goal, and yet you you sort of wait in and the amount of goals that have been disallowed this season from like three passes before the ball's even gone in the net. And you're like, oh, yeah. when was when was that even happened? Like. It's just, mm. yeah, it's making a mockery out of it, really, isn't it? That's the... Look, it killed, it killed me. Like, imagine my big head. It'd be off doing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the celebrations as well, though. You don't want to celebrate yeah. anymore. You'd be like, oh, uh, you'd be regretting that knee slide in a minute. Paddy, I'm still convinced that Timo Werner would still be offside more times than you, mate. Oh, he's up there, all right. Oh, watching... Isn't he? <laughs> I was watching him the other day. I was thinking, wow. He doesn't check the line one bit, but... You know, Andy will tell you, obviously, playing off the shoulder, it's one of them ones where it is tough as well. You just go off instant sometimes, you know what I mean? But mm. it's, uh, as a, a Premier League striker, should be probably check this more. I think with Werner, for me, it's because he's he's probably got, he, he's got to be up there with what, one of the most quickest players in the mm. Premier League. So he can afford to give himself that, you know, little bit of time because the chances are he's going to, you know, get into that space anyway. And um, like you say, it's just, 
seems like a little bit of like lack of concentration or whatever because you could probably you know you can get you can do there's a betting market for all sorts now but there's probably one for Werner to at least be offside three or four times a game I would think. yeah <laughs> it's just as you said it's just one of them ones where like he's, if you, he's one of them players that play off the last man's shoulder so he's going to obviously get more but as I said with, with the price tag he's on his head he's yeah limiting that right down wow absolutely refresh my memory were you two together at Yeovil or not I can't remember no, I, I came after Andy. Yeah, I was going to say. Then when I, I came back on loan, we so were together. So you picked up an injury, didn't you, champ. Andy, unfortunately, yeah, came, in the championship we, season? I think we got yeah. like two, two games together at the champ, and then we both taken off at half-time or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good day away at Middlesbrough, That was a good day at Middlesbrough, yeah. I didn't make it to half-time. I got taken off after 30, actually. Yeah, I wasn't too far off after you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how that season went. Yeah. So, the less said about that, probably the better, to be fair. I think about, we're t- only 2-1 down at the time. Yeah. Wow. What about, uh, what about Spurs? What's the take on Spurs? Do we think Spurs are going to... I mean, do you think Ryan Mason could get, end up getting the job full-time or not? Can't see it. He might, he might get it by default. And what I mean by that is if the, if the managers that um, Daniel Levy wants... Are not available, then you know he, he he might have his hand forced a little bit, and then just kind of similar to what happened with Tim Sherwood, and then they end up and giving him an eighteen month contract or something. But then at Christmas they're looking for somebody else. Mm. Yeah, I think he'll have to do well as a caretaker, won't he? You'll have to win the last couple of games as well, and yeah, show that he's got. But and they got last day. Last day. Yeah, such a big club like Tottenham. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Like we we had Mace at Yeovil, didn't we, for a bit. I played him at Swindon. He's a great lad, but I don't yeah. think even he would be expect to be in the hot seat at Spurs right now. No, no. And what's your two, you two in particular, because we've obviously discussed it at length, what do you think about this Euro, European Super League uh, fiasco that came about? Were you surprised? Were you in favour of it? Were you against it? No, you got to be against it. It's just, just great, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. So the owners from different countries trying to ruin the game over here. Like, can you imagine this day going to the Super League? You don't have Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City in the in the English football anymore. Mm. Ridiculous. It's just great. It was the way it came about as well, wasn't it? It was so sly, the way it just sort of got thrown into everyone. Like, oh, this is happening now. There's 12 teams have signed up. But yeah. it sounded like it was very much done just to try and bail out the likes of Real Madrid, who obviously spend more than they bring in all the time. And now they're in such money trouble that they need need a way out. He was suggesting that football's lost its appeal to 14 to 21-year-olds or some random category like that. You think, well, most lads of that age have found other things anyway. Has it ever appealed to... <laughs> To them, they probably find drinking girls and all the rest of it, and they're they're obviously distracted. But yeah, it seems what a bit... distracted by girls? You're suggesting that for goodness' sake. Or me. other, yeah, I suppose it should. <laughs> Paddy, tell me something. What happened to the barnet then? There's got to be a story behind that. I'm not one of these lads that will cling on. You know, once it's once I see it starting to go, I'll we'll just shave it off. Yeah, oh, I pretty... can't hang on. You know what I mean? Pretty drastic. What Gary Johnson do to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I started nosing that scunny and I said that. Because when I, when I was, I think I had a skinhead all the way until I was up to 21 anyway. So uh-huh. people know me for a skinhead. So 
I think when I signed for Carlisle, I probably started smelling myself a little bit because I was over in England playing football, <laughs> let it grow, and uh, it soon started going a bit patchy, so it was just time to come off. I'll get, I'll get called Jason Statement now, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, tell us, tell us, how did you come about leaving uh, uh, Fleetwood and coming to Stockport then? Uh, it just came out of blue, really. Um, I think it was on the way in from into in training and just got a, uh, a call off representative saying obviously uh, Stockport put in a query about you and at the time I didn't really know I, was, I thought it was for the summer because I wasn't really uh, I think it would have been what would that have been probably February March time so I was thinking obviously the window's shut so I, I said obviously is it for the summer and he said no the window's still open so uh, obviously I still had all next year at Fleetwood um, obviously they, I think Fleetwood are obviously going down the do that, sorry. Uh, do that route of probably uh, wanting to put all the younger players through. Yeah. But with COVID and that, I think they've probably took a little bit of a hit. So I think they're trying to go down that, that route. So obviously, I had a year left at Fleetwood. And, uh, Stockport just came in off me a three and a half year deal at, at 31. So, and then obviously, I knew I knew the size of Stockport. Like, Stockport's not a conference league team, you know what I mean? That's League One club at, at least, you know what I mean? So. Like the fan base to get get some some games to get like eight to ten thousand fans. So obviously the chairman's here. He's uh, very ambitious, and you know he's doing up the training ground. We're in Carberton at the minute, where where Man U, Man City used to train. So he's doing up the stadium and stuff like that. He's building his own training ground. So it's definitely a club that you want to be at at the minute because it's on the on the way up again. Yeah, yeah. So you enjoying it there so far? Love it. Like preferred, great setup. Brilliant setup, like, like no disrespect, but most teams in League One would wouldn't have a setup like this. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of teams at League One where they get changed at the uh, stadium and then have to drive to training grounds. As I said, we have our own kind of own training ground, and as I said, there's there's idea to uh, building our own uh, in a couple of years. So, you know, it's most it's a very professional setup. So, as I said, I'm delighted here, and just hopefully we can get them back in the AFL now. Have they still got that pokey little bar where you go down some narrow steps to get into it? I don't know. Now the chairman's had to do all the bars up at the, at the stadium there, so he's had to do all all the executive lounge and stuff like that up. So um, I think you might be on about the little family area bar, is it? Well, I don't know, but I can I can remember nearly falling sorry, falling sorry. down a bloody stairs once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the one beside. Uh, I think you go up the stairs, is it? I don't know, up or down, yeah, I can't remember now, but I know... Oh, well, he went down then. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, went down. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the family area beside the away dressing room, yeah, but as I said, uh, no, it's a great great club to be at. So, moving on, uh, is Paul Pogba worth 400000 a week? Is anyone? I don't know, I'm asking you. I mean, that's, that's, I mean Andy's hit the head, nail on the head there. I mean, is anyone really worth that kind of money even if you were you know even if you were performing week in week out I don't really know where if football at that level it kind of messes with your your own mind and what you think is actually acceptable for one person to be earning <laughs> yeah but like, matey boy the agent he's talking about even more than that for um Harland if he goes Somewhere. Yeah, I think he's the problem. I don't think Paul Pog was necessarily the problem. He obviously puts a lot of his stuff on his social media, but that's kind of the way the world's going anyway. But I think his agents got obviously 
quite a light mouth on most things and obviously does what he does to make the most money for himself as well as Paul Pogba. So mm. I think the problem you got, that's probably why the Super League was set up as well. Things like that. Like, where do you draw a line over what people earn? If, if you can't sustain it in terms of paying their wages, then that's where... If Man United have got enough to pay 400 grand a week for a midfielder, they thought was going to be a solution to their problem, then I guess that's why he's getting what he's getting. Would you keep him? I don't think there'd be many better. I don't know about you. I know he's he's been a bit in and out, and he's obviously like a bit of a level hate character. But I think he's one of the best of what he does in 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 the midfield. He just hasn't probably done it at United, really. What do you think, Paddy? As Andy said there, like I think his quality speaks for itself. It's just sometimes the other stuff, the off the field stuff, down the herd all the time, differently and stuff like that might might annoy some people. Obviously, I'm kind of in, I'm kind of in the bracket of old school. I like yeah, you know, like said Roy Keane's as my midfielders. I like them kind of players. But he'd love your haircut as well, mate. He would. Roy Keane would be all over that. He'd be happy with this, all right. But, yeah, and the beards. No, it's quality speaks for itself. One of the best midfielders when he wants to be in the world, Pogba. Just uh, yeah, but you hit the nail on the head there. When he wants to be. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the problem. He's been at United at a real tough period as well. And like Paddy says, because he does all the other rubbish that unfortunately quite a lot of people do now, but obviously he's one of the bigger stars doing it. It obviously gets more attention when he probably doesn't need his attention because he's not doing it on the pitch. But. Yeah. Who else would you get? That's the problem. But it's interesting. You you, you go about all the other stuff. I, only was it a couple of weeks ago? I brought up Leeds United. The haircuts at Leeds United are unbelievable. There's about six of them. I've got them now, including Luke. He's got yeah. one. They're, they're yeah, unbelievable. Sure. Unbelievable. At least you can't be accused of that, Paddy. I know. <laughs> I keep it old school. <laughs> I was going to get a transplant, but I said no. I'll keep it old school. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had a bloke who used to work for me, a, a journalist, and he had a transplant. He was Swedish. And I'll tell you what, it never looked right. It never looked right. We were always taking the piss out of him because it just didn't look bloody right at all. Uh, <laughs> once, it's, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And once it's gone grey, it's gone grey. I know I'll tell you that. Right. Be fair, I'll take a, a grey head of hair and I know her. Yeah, well, I suppose that's true enough, yeah. Um, what else have I got on my list? Um, Barcelona women beat Chelsea. They've played 27 games and won 27. That's not a bad record, is it? I'll tell you that. What do you think, Steve? No, it's not a bad record, is it? No. You're spot on. Not a bad record. But was it 4-0 after, I don't know, thir- they were goal down in 30 seconds, weren't they? And it was yeah. 4-0 after 30 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so it turned out to be a bit of a non-event, didn't it, really? When when you look at the amount of effort that's gone into building up Chelsea ladies' team in terms of the finances and things. So, But like Emma Hayes said, you know, Two years ago, Barcelona got beat 4-1 in the final by Lyon, was it? Um, yeah, probably. It's taken, yeah, it's taken them two years to, to sort of make the next step. So, I don't know, This women's football now is massive, isn't it? I mean, there's so much money and focus in it. It's it's unbelievable. So, uh, what about Juventus not in the Champions League? It's touch and go at the moment, isn't it, as to whether they make it or not. Can you imagine that? Yeah, was that then based on them qualifying for it or based on the fact they haven't signed out of the Super League thing? No. Uh, so probably both, actually. Well, yeah. Um, but I was I think... thinking more of the fact that they're, they're, they're touch and go whether they can qualify or not. I think they've got to win the last game for certain and, and possibly somebody yeah, might so have to lose. Napoli, Nap- Milan and Napoli are in third and fourth on 76 points and then Juventus are in fifth 
on 75. So it's kind of similar to the Liverpool-Leicester-Chelsea situation, really. Um, just a little bit closer. But Juventus have to win and hope that one of Napoli or Milan slip up. Mm. Wow. But yeah, it would, be, it would be strange considering that yeah, what were they? What were they going for? Were they going for ten on the bounce before Inter won it? Nine on the bounce, something like that. I'll um, give up. So one of them, delete as applicable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, you know, ten years ago. You know, they were. I think when Fulham got to the Europa League final, they beat Juventus on the way, didn't they? Um, I think. I think they beat them four-one. You had to put that in, that. didn't you? You're just trying to belittle the blooming Europa League, aren't you? That's why you brought that up, didn't you? <laughs> That's why you brought that in. I know, I know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know full well bringing Fulham into that. <laughs> yeah. Middlesbrough had a good run in it as well, didn't they? Who? <laughs> Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. How, long, how many millions of years are you going back on that one? <laughs> Dear, oh dear, oh dear, I don't know. How, how desperate be, can be, a man get? <laughs> it would be strange um, if they didn't qualify for Champions League. Ren- they- is Ren- Ronaldo's not necessarily going to be there, though, is he, next season, I don't think? No, I'd like to see him back at United. I'd love that. Put him together with Cavani. Cool. That'd be all right if they somehow bled together. But see, the thing is, if you do that, and then you, what happens to Rashford? What happens to Greenwood? You know, somebody's going to miss out because you can't play them all. Well, I suppose you could, but yeah, he, he's a he's a bit of an enigma in, in the sense that no one would really bat an eyelid at buying somebody for big money at that age. But Ronaldo probably is maybe the one exception that you might do that with. I don't know, Aidy Paddy, you know, with the United interest, but I still feel like it would be a backwards move in the sense that you. You know, you'd probably have to. I don't know what his contract situation is, but you'd still demand an awful, you know, high demand in wages. He's what? What is he now? Thirty-seven, eight? No, not quite it's as much. About that way, isn't it? Thirty-six, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, he's a bit younger than I thought then. But I don't know. I just. Yeah, but I mean, you could just... you could level that what you just said against Cavani as well. And look at at the start before he'd actually played for United. You were, poor Cavani, he's past it. He's thirty, whatever he is, thirty four or something. But I mean, look what a bargain he's turned out to be. Yeah, I guess it depends on the finances, aid, Really, mm. um, if you're if if he's out of contract, so you get him on a free, but then because of that, you're spending like six hundred, seven hundred thousand pounds a week on him then I don't know if the ends would necessarily justify the means. So it would depend on the on the package, really. Mm. But, uh, well, look, we've got eight, uh, about nine minutes left. So I thought we'd finish off with uh, Manager of the Year and Premier League Player of the Year. Ooh. So just to get you, uh, get you going for a little few minutes, um, let's start with the Manager of the Year. Go on, you go first, Paddy. I think uh, I would give to Brandon Rogers. Yeah. Just so, especially if he if he finishes top four and obviously with the FA Cup win as well, I think uh, that's a great achievement. Um, said qualifying for Champions League and FA Cup winners that will do it for me. So one for Brendan Rogers, Steve. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you throw that one in, aren't you? Really? Um, the question. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I've got to be honest, I always marvel at Sean Dyche just keeping Burnley in the Premier League, um, given the resources he's got. You know, we've, we've spoken before, haven't we, about Leicester do really, really well, but they, they have had a massive, massive investment in, in the squad and the infrastructure. So they're punching slightly above their weight. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he could disagree this year too much. Brendan's not bad. Winning the FA Cup for the first time. Finishing the Champions League place. If they do that, I think you'd probably go for go for him. Yeah, Hilda. Hilda. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. I think, especially if they get the top four. The only other person that I'd probably just throw into the shout would possibly be David Moyes. Um, I've still got a chance of European football. I mean, Aidy, at the start of the season on this podcast, you and I both said, and I <laughs> yeah, quote, I West Ham are trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right, didn't we? <laughs> and, um, so the fact that he's managed to sort of get them where they're getting and at the moment and, and not just kind of where they are in the table, the fact that the football that they're playing as well is a remarkable turnaround in a short space of time. So I'd possibly give him a close second, but... Yeah, Brendan Rodgers winning the FA Cup with Leicester. First time they've ever done it. Even if they don't get Champions League, they guarantee another season in Europe. I think that possibly just pips it. Monsieur Williams. Yeah, same. I was going to say David Moyes. Obviously, West Ham have tailed off a little bit. And I think the fact that Leicester have won the FA Cup would mean that Brendan would pip it on that front. The only other name maybe would be Bielsa being the only team that Leeds yeah. being the only team that have actually come into the Premier League and stayed there and like quite comfortably in the end of the mid-table, aren't they? But yeah, for, for me, I think Rodgers are doing it. I know he's got a bit of a budget, but so have like Tottenham and a few other clubs that aren't up there and Arsenal. So he's still got to do it in the right way. I think Rodgers has done a great job with Leicester. Well, yeah, I, Guardiola could win the Champions League and win the Premier League. Yeah. mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, I would naturally sort of Chuck Ollie into the frame because I think he's had the I think he's had so much pressure on him all the time. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it to Ollie. But I I do think he he deserves a a, a special merit for having to put up with this constantly. He's going to be the first manager to get the sack, and they're constantly on his back. The press all the time, which I think is very unfair. To be fair, Uh, AD, to give you your credit, when we did this last season, you did give it to Klopp. Did I? I must you, have been, you did. I must have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been. Um, but but I, I was going to mention David Boys as well because to bring them from what they were the first couple of games of the season when we were <laughs> we were slagging them off left, right, and centre, um, he's done really well. Although it doesn't look as though it's going to come to much avail at the end of the day because they've sort of you know hit a bad patch at the wrong time of the season, haven't they? Really. But um, no, I'd, I'd give it to Sean Dyche because I just think to consistently bring out a team like Burnley, okay, they're, they're you know they're not pulling up trees, but they're staying there, um, and he's got no no money to spend to speak of, and yet he somehow picks up. I mean, look at this Chris Wood, I mean, consistently scoring goals all the time, I and mean, he's a good player. But I mean, you know, and anybody really considered him for a, for a uh, you know a, a top striker's role? Not really. He gets at least ten goals, doesn't he? At least, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's done. I mean, I think Sean Dyche has done a tremendous job on very little money, and and you know, I think in this day and age, money's, you know, money's the thing, isn't it? You've got if without the money, you've got no chance. And I mean, Klopp, Guardiola, and Ollie have, have had unlimited funds before, haven't they? Really? So uh, yeah, so I'd go for t- Sean Dyche myself. Um, on that. So what about the Premier League Player of the Year then? 
This is a more interesting one. We've got about five minutes to go, so uh, what do we think then? I'll get, let you start, Andy. Uh, probably a <laughs> controversial one, but if we're looking at the Premier League winners, obviously Diaz has got to be the one that's coming to, I think I read or said, so, seen someone write something about he's made a £200 million offence look like a £200 million offence, finally. Mm. Um, I think he, yeah, he, he's the difference. I think between what they haven't done in the last few years and what they've done this season. So I, I think he was my actual vote when I, we were given the option to vote. All oh, right, <clears throat> of course, yeah, you get the option to vote, don't you, PFA? Um, Paddy, I think uh, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, I think his, his assists and his goals record this year is a joke. I know people say he scores a lot of penalties, but you still have to put them away, don't you? So. Hmm. Um, as I said, if you look at what is he, Moyles over by double figures on both this year, and is that first full season now in the Prem? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's first so. full season January oh, last yeah. year, wasn't it? Uh, first yeah. full one, so I think that the stats this year are incredible. So I'd give the same, Steve. Um, yeah, Ruben Diaz, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt for me. I mean, quite often we said before, didn't we? It's nearly always the goal scorer who gets the credit, or or, or the striker gets, or the attacking, exciting attacking player. But you know, he's transformed them and, and given them the platform to play. Um, Phil Foden's been decent as well for a young English player. It's been a joy to watch Phil Foden. Okay, Elder, <laughs> young player of the year, then Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give the young player of the year. I'm giving Diaz the big one. Um, so I was I was thinking Diaz in my head. I, I couldn't think of um, too many this season, to be quite honest. Maybe they're just escaping me at the moment. I was going to give a little shout out to Jesse Lingard as well. I know he only joined in January, but I think what he's managed to do in like a six month period and completely turn his career around and help West Ham get to where they've got to is, you know, credit to what he's managed to achieve in a short, short space of time. But like Andy said, I think... Diaz has managed to sort of bring that whole defence together and made John Stones possibly the player that everyone thought he should have been three or four years ago. Well, I'm going to go for Bruno, like Paddy. Oh, cause shock. Shock, I, I bet you are. Um, no, I, I think he's done really well. And, and you know, to, to, to have the, 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 the effect on the team that he's done, I mean, you know, you've, you've got to put... More than fifty percent of the improvement down to Bruno, I think. I mean, he's he's just been yeah, a revelation. He's been a revelation. So uh, yeah, no, I I think Bruno's done really really well. Um, yeah. Long does, that, does that answer your question about Pogba though? Because he hasn't had that influence, has he? Anything no. like that influence. So actually, you can survive without him, but you might not be able to survive without Fernandez. I agree. Mm. I agree, and I think, you know. I, when Pogba's brilliant, he's brilliant. But the problem is, it's not. There's not enough times when he's brilliant, and the number of times he gives the ball away it drives me to drink. It really does, and it's not difficult <laughs> to drive me to drink. Um, but, but, but you know, honestly, he, he's oh, he's just. He, I mean, Paddy must get out of a because you can't even pull your hair out with him, can you? <laughs> That's a trouble. <laughs> but uh, no, you know. So no, I'd go for definitely go for Bruno. I'm afraid. Well, we're, we're we've agreed with the bookmakers because I'm just having a little look here at the odds and Diaz is favourite, and then it's Bruno Fernandez, and then a little way off of that, you then got Harry Kane, Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, 
Ilkay Gundogan, and even a shout out for Harry Maguire's on the list as well. Wow, I expect that's because he's played in every game except for the last one, probably. <laughs> you know, and he probably... I think if United had won the league, Fernandez would have won it. But it's just you obviously yeah. look to the team that's won the league and yeah, what difference the they've made. And... Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, chaps, we've we've run out of time. Uh, I'm really, 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 really pleased uh, that you could come on. Uh, it's great seeing you all again, and Paddy and Andy in particular. I've worked with you guys uh, on a much closer basis, so it's uh, it's good to see you on board again. Hopefully, we can get you on again at some stage next season because we'll obviously uh, well we'll keep going through the through the uh, summer break as well. But hopefully, we can get you on and uh, I wish you all the success next season. I'm sure Paddy. Well, Paddy ain't finished this season yet, so you've got a fair bit to come, haven't you? Um, Andy, we can make the playoff finals at twenty to June if we get there. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. There you go. Well, we're going to do um, commentary on the playoff games, so I might want to get you on the phone for some comments. And Andy, what what about you? Have you have you finished now? What I mean, are you on holiday now? Or what? Yeah. To be fair, last year was mental because of the playoffs and then going straight into the season. So I only had a couple of weeks off. So I'm making the most of a yeah. bit of time off this time. Although you can't really go anywhere, so no, no, I'll be just staying in this country, unfortunately. Well, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. We'll speak to you again soon, I'm sure. Hilda, as usual, thanks, mate, for bringing a bit of sanity to the programme. <laughs> You're welcome, and uh, nice to speak with you, lads. Pleasure. Cheers, sir. Cheers, yeah, thank you. Thank you thanks, thanks again, Steve, for coming on, and uh, we'll see you right. Wednesday night. Yeah, OK, Paul, see you up there. Excellent, thank you very much. And to everybody else, thank you. Thank you. Have a good rest, Andy. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. To everybody else, thanks very much for listening. And uh, make sure you join us again on Football Bloody Hell. The heart is a blue. You've been listening to... I can't believe it. Football, by the hell.